The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. It's the TGFBI Green Jacket Ceremony today on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast as we welcome Michael Richards from Fantrax and the Triple Play Podcast, this year's winner of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitation. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with Todd Zola and special guest Michael Richards. We are sponsored by So Rare. We appreciate their sponsorship of the program. And Michael, congrats, man. You know, Todd and I won the overall, but when I won it, at least myself in particular, it was a much smaller field. I think the field is more than doubled. So you beat out 640, uh, I'm sorry, 600. 465. Yeah, you have dyslexia there, my friend. <laughs> I know. Dyslexia. I, uh, I couldn't read off the... Uh, overall standings i have open right in front of my face we have 464 other competitors and a remarkable feat how are you feeling you popping the bottles and celebrating well yeah i it's still taken some time to sink in just because i've been on such a daily grind for seemingly two years now i mean it, the season's been six months long but i've been going hard even before that everything i did leading up to the the season was part of this so i definitely need a break but i feel amazing uh, this is something I, I definitely plan to do, but it rarely comes to fruition. Um, I, I just feel honored to be a part of this select group that you guys are both in. Well, appreciate you saying that, Michael. And it's, yeah, great feat. Um, and are you a, a creative sports two guy? Before we get yep. too uh, Yeah, actually, Todd was the first person who gave me an opportunity in this industry. He's the one who mentioned TGFBI to me the first time. So oh, wow. it all started with you guys. That's really cool. To, to be, I mean, let's be real here, Michael. You may know, you know, but you were getting into this industry one way or the other. It just, I happen to be the lucky one. You happen to, you were in a, a an ESPN co-managing, was it a built Bristol bullpen league, right? That yeah. was the final year. Cause once I beat Tristan, uh, they decided the league to cancel the league. Tristan pretty much was owned the league and Tristan Cockcroft and budgeted his kids presence based on the league and things like that. So, but anyway, no, the point being, um, you were, I think you were getting in there anyway. So I just happened to be the lucky one to, uh, to be the one that I, I need an honest, an honest answer here, Michael. I know you're an honest guy. If I set the line at three and a half, how many over or under, how many times have you checked the standings to make sure there wasn't a mistake? Under, under three and a half times. I have checked multiple. You. I have checked three times. You stinking liar. Oh, all right, three. You said three? All yeah, right, all right. I, that, well, the, the judges will accept that answer. Um, I know I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I actually was so nervous I couldn't watch uh, the final day. I was out shooting hoops, and I heard that I won from a tweet from Jeff Zimmerman. That's nice. I love to see, you know, obviously you're a big part of creative sports, but Laura was as well. And just love to see Laura Michaels' legacy kind of live on through – through you, Michael, and another another TGFBI league winner. How did you, well, overall winner, how did you do it? Who were the guys who carried you this season? Well, that's a good question. Well, the first thing was just my draft. I, I Last year I was coming into this from a prospect angle, you know, like James Anderson's one of my heroes and all this. So I, I, I 
I had to learn that I couldn't beat really good players going with upside constantly. So I just learned how to play listening to all the great uh, players out there, uh, retaught myself how to play fantasy essentially, and just did it with volume. The players who helped me the most, I'd say Manny Machado in the second round, uh, Emmanuel Classe was big for me, Dylan Cease in the fifth, uh, Dalton Varsho. Wow. Uh, a little a little later on, I got uh, Andres Jimenez in the 19th, uh, Tony Gonsolin in the 23rd, I think, Christian Jeez. Walker in the 28th. So I had some really good picks, but Justin Mason yesterday also pointed out to me, I made some questionable picks as well, which which brings me some confidence because I feel like I've I'm getting better still, and I can skillfully replace those bad picks with better ones next time. So I'm excited for the future as well. Um, Michael, I just I sh- I should know this I think and exchanging emails, but baseball is not how you pay the bills, right? No, it, it's what I want to do, but I, it's not what's happening at the moment. Is uh, is scout school in your future, or you don't know? I it's something I would be interested in. I, I've never really talked to anyone about it or or dug into it too much, but it's it's definitely an interest of mine. Yeah, no, we have, there's some people in the industry that have gone that route. So if you you know not we don't have to do it here, we can do it offline. If you if if you are serious about it, shoot us a note. We can uh, put you know, put you in touch with some people that may be able to help you out along that along those lines. But uh, yeah, I, you, I, we don't want to. You did a podcast with Justin Mason yesterday. We don't want to. We're going to try to keep a little bit light. We don't have to go down the player by player road, but I will mention you really grounded out in fab, and that's where you hit on pitching, especially. And you know, nice job there. Um, what are some of the things you look for in general when you're fabbing pitching? Do you have a uh, some filters to look at, or man, the guy has a start this week, might as well pick him up. That's a good question. I have, that was a big part of my success this year was pitching. I've always been pretty strong on the offensive side and I needed to learn pitching more to compete. And so it was just kind of, it, there wasn't like one specific filter I used. It was just a general overall sense of how to value and judge pitchers. And just, you know, I like certain types of pitchers. You know, I'm not the guy who always goes for the huge arm. That's just the obvious guy. So, you know, like you mentioned my pitchers like Brady Singer and Aaron Savali and John Gray and just these random veterans who I can trust to not kill me. And it was just basically when I was picking up players on fab, it wasn't with the intention of streaming. I was always thinking about how good are these players? How good can they be for the rest of the season? And I I would spend more money if I thought that I that they could play a big role on my team going forward. Did you miss a single fab period? I would assume not. No, no I was on top of that. I was on top of this thing uh, <laughs> more than I've ever oh, been on top of anything, really. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, I um, I think it's fascinating. And uh, tip of the cap to you from, you know, the draft through all the, the management. And I thought what you said about kind of tearing your strategy down and, uh, you know, approaching fantasy baseball the new mindset was fascinating because a lot of people I feel like feel like they need to swing for the fences with every pick, but you kind of realize you needed to dial back that chase for upside. I think that's well, that's what the people. I, I mean, I really did. I put in a lot of time studying the people who beat me. You know, I finished around the middle of the pack last year, and I was like, "What are these guys doing?" Because what I used, what I was doing, worked in home leagues. So it's like I'm not used to losing using the strategy. So I noticed what they're doing, and they're not taking those upside guys. I mean, they might mix one or two in there, but they're playing for volume, and and that's what the champions have been doing. Yeah, old and boring can kind of be a tough pill to swallow at the draft table for me, and I've had to learn that lesson myself. And that it's not always about swinging for the fences with every draft pick. Sometimes you just need uh, your doubles here and there to keep you on pace. And you mentioned James Anderson, one of your heroes. Shout out James; he's one of my heroes as well. Love me too. Dude. Me too. <laughs> And you're doing some prospect stuff over at Fantrax, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that, Michael? Yeah, I've actually taken this little break here because I was just so overwhelmed with chasing this title. But uh, I, I cover prospects and dynasty. I'm thinking about getting more into the MLB side. Uh, I, Eric Cross has been open to that idea, I think. So uh, I just basically early in the season, I was spending a lot of time focusing on the different levels of players in the minor leagues, players who are breaking out in 
I feel pretty proud of that work I did because I look back at those articles and a lot of those players are now, you know, high up on James Anderson's list too. So uh, I, I had to shift my focus, but I'm very proud of the prospect work because it, it's a big part of what got me to this point. You mentioned, you know, home leagues, different style. What kind of, is it different scoring? Is it point space? What's, what's different between the, the TGFBI and your home leagues? For instance, our, our, our friend Thomas Seltzer, who started, you know, with us, you know, with, with around the same time as you on TGFBI, um, keeps telling me, you know, he, he was kind of caught off guard because he didn't play anything like this. So he's going through kind of what you went through the far as the learning process. And maybe next year we'll be talking to Tom at this point, but what, so what, what were your home, what are your home leagues like? And you, you know, you said you sound successful. What, what different, what, what difference, what changes did you have to make? Well, that's a good question. So, I mean, I've played for a long time, so I've had different types of leagues. My favorite home league is an auction league with contracts and salary cap and all that sort of stuff. So it's like a, a big difference. Uh, from the stuff we're doing here. I'd never actually played a 15 team league before I'd played a 12 team league. I'd played a 16. So in 20 and, but uh, I had to hone in on all the changes that come with that format. I'd also never played a fab league before. Mm. So last season and no one even really told me that it was coming or what it was. So <laughs> I, I really, I really messed up on bids. Even this year I look back and I was like, Oh, I, I wasn't really doing that correctly. So I, uh, it's just it's just a different thing. It's really just the level of player overall that's in the thing. It's like, you know, I can coast and just kind of be half-assing it, I guess if you if you will and and just beat most people in a home league type of setting. But in this league, it's it's not like that. Like I have to be on my game to even win the individual league and I have to have a bunch of things go right for me to win an overall. Yeah, winning an overall is just like a unicorn season. It's it's so many things have to break right. And you had Jeff Zimmerman on your tail. Jeff Zimmerman's like a cheat code nowadays. <laughs> not not saying he's actually cheating, not at all. I, I don't know though, Clay. I don't out. I don't know. That guy's just been pummeling me in every league I play in kidding. for years. Yeah, I mean Jeff knows players and he knows strategy too, right? Yeah. He he knows where to attack. Um yeah, I wonder, you know, he he would have been you know been interesting if his his part his process partner Tanner won the previous season. Mm-hmm. So that that you know, I'm sure that, that that Jeff was hoping to win it for uh for that reason. But you know, it, it's uh it, he he I I'm sure well no, you were shooting hoops. Um so he had Jeff had actually closed the gap to like five points, Michael. Uh, he was gonna win, he was gonna win if I didn't get that Savali win at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had closed the gap to five points, but sooner than soon enough. Yeah, like you said, the twenty-point lead just kind of reappeared. So, man, you know, we're so used to watching individual league standings that we're not used to seeing, you know, twenty spot, you know, twenty twenty-point shifts on one save or one win. That's you know, that's what the overall is all about. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I not to toot my own horn uh, because I finished outside the thirty in the overall, but I did win my league this year. Todd, how did you do in TGFBI this year? I finished in third. I was in second. I was with. I, you know, I finished in third. I did not win, so that's the bottom line. But um, I had an outside shot if everything went right to to take the league. Wouldn't have been anywhere close to the overall. Um, so I made those do or die moves, which dropped me into third. They died, so I ended up in third, just outside the top one hundred. But um, that's a nice Andy's, year. No, it's fine. Yeah, Andy yeah. Splinter, who I believe won his way in through a through a um, uh, satellite took the league and then he then he thanked like 20 people for helping him out so i wrote back well that you know tweeted it out i was like well man that's that's all you want you look at this look at these people i only listen to me you listen to these other 20 people no wonder you beat me <laughs> absolutely i wish i had a whole team <laughs> working for me well that work and they you know he was just talking about you know jason collette and dvr you know people in the industry that spore um that you know what you know the, the you know the uh the usual folks, if you will, that uh, you know that 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 post podcast and everything else. So, the, the ones we all listen to. But anyway, so good well, for Tom Andy. And I mm-hmm. Talking with Michael Richards this year's winner of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, and we're pumped to have you on. We won't need to keep you around for too long, but I, I do want to ask you a few more questions, um, including 
one about, you know, you said that this has been a grind mentally, and I feel that too, man. After the end of the season, I'm pretty wiped. How much time are you going to take before you start prep for next year? I'm going to take a good break. I mean, I'm not as intense as some other people. Like, even this year, I waited until after the new year to get started on stuff. Like, I saw all the people jumping into drafts, and I was like, I just can't do it. I can't <laughs> do it. It's going to, I'm going to be too overwhelmed uh, once it's time. Like, I would have been out of energy to finish this league. So, I'll That's probably a really wait. underrated aspect, knowing yourself and not overtaxing yourself. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to do again. I'm going to try to enjoy this, you know, because this might be a once-in-a-lifetime situation uh, and, and just really start getting into it more probably like after after Thanksgiving is reasonable to me, start doing prep. And then I'm not going to do a ton of leagues, though. So it just be I just want to be honed in on everything once draft time comes. Yeah, I know there were drafts starting up yesterday already, and I, I respect that. It's great for business, but I, I personally need a little break, too, to just catch myself and recalibrate a little bit. Sorry to cut you off, Todd. It sounded like you were going to... Yesterday, I, start, I mean, I started a draft a week ago. Yeah, that's right. We were going to yeah, talk a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, we will. We'll save it. But um, it sounds like, sounds like Michael, that, that uh, meeting you at first pitch in a month probably is not going to happen, but is, is a first pitch forum... At some point in the in your future, hopefully, I think it is. I I actually Chris Clegg reached out to me and really tried to encourage me to go this year, and I and I did my efforts to try to make it happen. It's not going to be able to work, but uh, I'm doing everything I can to make it happen next year. I want to go and meet everyone. Where do you Where do you live? Uh, Auburn, Washington, out near Seattle. Uh, yeah. So actually, Arizona's closer because knock on wood, there'll be another one in the in the spring in April. Um, so, but they, you know, you know, plane, planes go everywhere. So, and, you know, keep, keep that in mind too. Uh, the difference being as a prospect guy, you, you just eat up the AFL. You may buy a one-way ticket. Yeah. You may, you may, not, you may not go home once you, once you see the AFL in the spring. I mean, we go to minorly in the, I mean, exhibition games, which uh, grapefruit league, which is fun, but it's not the same. Michael, I mentioned your work over at Fantrax. Are you guys still doing the triple play pod? What's uh, what's up with that? Yeah, just another thing. We just took a couple weeks off here so I could finish out this league, but we're going to be back at it next Tuesday. We're doing it every week. Uh, my co-host, David Mendelson. I have a great time with that. Uh, when I first got started, I was pretty bad on the microphone, uh, <laughs> trying to get a lot better at it and get more confident, and that's really helped out. And it just kept me in tune with the prospects, too, because I haven't been able to study it as much as I did last year. But just uh, looking at the stats each week and talking about them, bringing on uh, great guests to talk about the players that are focusing on that. It's it's been a great part of my experience. I mean, you're a prospect guy. You must be in some dynasty leagues then, right? Yeah. And, but I also scaled that back this year. I, I really wanted to focus on this redraft in this like TGFBI. Yeah, wow. Interesting. But the point being, you can't, you can't take a break in your dynasty leagues. You gotta, you know, maybe, maybe you don't initiate contact, but man, I'm, you know, there are people right now making phone calls and getting ready. So I'm sure that you'll address that when it comes, maybe, maybe you won't be the, the uh, instigator for a little while anyway. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I still really love prospects and everything, but I'm I have more experience with the major league stuff too, and so yeah, I could see a shift. That. I could see a shift where I'm I'm doing half and half, and and I just like them both equally. Now, I don't mean to put you on the spot too much, Michael, but we had some great prospect showings this year. It's kind of funny, you know. <laughs> well, just me personally, there were the Acuna years, Tatis, Soto, and all that, and I thought maybe I got spoiled. Maybe it's time to dial back a little bit. Then we had Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt, and those guys were winning picks, you know, even after some helium. Do you have an idea of who could be making a big splash as a rookie next year? Maybe Gunnar Henderson or any of these Corbin Carroll guys who still have prospects eligibility that we've already seen a little bit? Well, absolutely. I mean, Corbin Carroll has been my number one prospect since uh, Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez uh, moved off lists. And I think his game's tailor-made for fantasy. I think he's going to be a, a good average, produce across the board, elite speed. speed and I think he'll be. Insane. I think he'll be leading off for them next year too. So, I he's someone that I, I said all the stuff about going after veterans and stuff, but he's one of those players where depending on where he's going in redraft, I could see him being a, a really good pick, uh, in you know fifth or sixth round or something like that. Nice, absolutely. 
Yeah, I I had a hard time chasing that increased cost on Julio and uh, Bobby Witt, but uh, yeah, Bobby Witt went what like twenty thirty almost. It's like crazy. Yeah, twenty thirty. Julio went twenty five twenty five. I mean, they were they were really good. But see that part of my strategy, not to get back on that, but. I knew that if I chased that sort of stuff, it would just backfire on me. So it's like, I, I love these guys, but it's like, I'm not Julio Rodriguez was sitting out there in two pick two fifty or whatever in my TGFBI. And I just didn't do it. Cause he didn't have an opening day job. Yeah. That's crazy to think that, you know, in those kind of drafts that were happening around that time, you could get Julio that late. And then by late draft season, he was what a fifth rounder. He went fifth round in my, uh, main events right before I took uh, Alec Manoa. I remember that. So I was thinking about taking Julio at that point. <laughs> um, well, Michael, great stuff. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your Friday to join us. Michael Richards, ladies and gentlemen, give him a follow on Twitter at MP Richards, 1981. Uh, anything else you want to mention, Michael? Uh, no, I, that's pretty much it. We covered it. I, I just really want to thank both of you for having me on. I appreciate this. I've, I've wanted to talk with each of you for a long time. I respect both of you a lot. And uh, it's a real honor to be on here with you guys and looking forward to having more interactions in the future. Well, here I am putting on the metaphorical green jacket onto you, welcoming you into the overall uh, brotherhood. Although, as I said, my, the field was much smaller when I won. So my feet was uh, far less impressive than yours. Anything else on your mind, Todd, for Michael? Uh, no, I mean, I'm glad, glad you, uh, glad you sent me that email a few years ago. That was kind of, that was, uh, that was, that was very, very, very fortuitous and congratulations and look forward to uh, taking you down. As Justin said yesterday, taking you down next year as do 464 other people. There's going to be a note, sent to the TGFBI participants um, in the soon I'm going to be uh, celebrating Michael's victory and uh, shilling my site and creative sports with a bit of a discount to, to TGFBI uh, participants. So uh, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for that. Gives me a chance to do a little marketing. No problem. <laughs> I always appreciate to help out creative sports. Yeah, man. And Michael, Nobody can ever take this win away from me. You got this, you know, something to be proud of your whole life. This is a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, proud of you, man. I mean, I, I'd love to meet you sometime. I've never met you. But just, uh, you know, seeing a young guy come up and have success, I'd love to see it. And I'm proud, proud of you and hope to meet you someday soon. And hope we can talk again someday soon. Absolutely, you guys. Uh, thanks again. I really appreciate this. Uh, it was a great time. Awesome, Michael. I'll get you out of here. Todd and I will continue on. And uh, yeah, all the best, Michael. Michael. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Michael Richards, tip of the cap to him. Great season. Before we move on, let's pause briefly from a quick word from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, now we're back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by So Rare. Clay Link here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola. And great stuff with Michael, and thank you, Todd, for helping you know shape that young mind, although you shaped him to beat all our asses. So I don't like I said, he was coming in anyway, right? I mean, yeah. um, he co-managed with a, a league I was in with ESPN, sent me a note, just, hey, do you know how I can break into the industry? I'm like, yes, yes, I do know how. I run a website to help people break into the industry. And he was writing, and, and soon enough, I knew right away. Um, you can just tell from the style and the you know the clarity of the writing and the, and the, and the format and the topics that it wasn't going to take long. I think... Sometimes I notice it and I call, you know, and, and I'll know a site that has an opening. I think, I think Michael actually got, got the, uh, Hey, can you join us before I even had a chance to try to find a home for him? So that's the, yeah, sometimes you just know. Yeah. Some people just have it and that's great that yeah. he's been able to, uh, you know, parlay his knowledge into, you know, a burgeoning fantasy baseball career. And thank you yeah, for all you do at creative sports. And that's, just for the industry and, you know, helping some of these young writers out and uh, kind of a lesson to all you out there. If you're thinking, Hey, I, I would love to break into the industry, you know, reach out to us, come to first pitch and meet us. I'm not saying, you know, if you email me, I'm going to give you a job at Rotowire, but I, you know, I'd be happy to help <laughs> and uh, do what I can to facilitate a move into the industry. You may hire you to wash his car. <laughs> I'll basically just send you to Todd. Yeah, there we go. Say, Todd. <laughs> Do your magic here. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Michael seems like a great guy. And again, congrats to him. You got a draft going on right now, as you kind of alluded to, Todd. And frankly, I was shocked that you and Derek Van Riper got Trey Turner at four overall. Are we? Are people overthinking this? I think Trey Turner should be number one. I thought you were going to say we shocked that we won the league. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we did. Yeah, I mean, yes, we were – when we talked – about who we wanted at number four, you know, Trey Turner's not going to be there. We just, you know, after that, we really didn't know. So, yeah, we're a little shocked. Now, This the, the results are available on the NFBC forums um, the first six rounds, so I can kind of talk freely without letting you know who took the pick. That's just the rule of, the rule of thumb. Ronald Acuna went first, and I wasn't going to take him first. I don't, you know, I, you, you, know you can say if you're going to, but – um, I can there's a pathway for him to be the best player, but I wasn't going to take him first. Yeah, I love Ron Acuna, and he had a great year coming back from that ACL injury. But uh, I just feel like Trey is always going to be a first round return type yeah. of guy. Yeah. And so why not just get that building block in? Yeah, I guess Acuna has that sky high upside, but uh, I mean Trey Turner's upside is basically his floor like it's just right exactly the upside and the floor are the same it's pretty so, much yeah yeah uh Juan Soto went second you know what I mean I don't have the greatest track record and I mean last year Juan Soto went third fourth or fifth or sixth all right so he had one bad year so does he really drop you know the analyst in me says no but I still think there are better players than him at the second spot this year that surprises me because of the year he's had now you don't want to put too much stock into that i guess but it just says cast numbers better ball numbers are still just off the charts yeah. and what it says is that anybody can have a down year there is no sure thing right yeah so i mean does 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 soto not come out of the top six for me probably not uh aaron judge went third um i keep saying aaron judge did not bet on his talent Alan, Aaron Judge bet on his health, and he won that bet. Mm-hmm. Is he out of the woods health-wise? <sighs> I mean, I'm less concerned 
than I was, but I don't think he's out of the woods as far as when you plan next season's plate appearances. I don't think you can write in 155 games, right? I think you have to go 145, which I think air quotes brings him out of the top three, but I don't think you draft air quotes. If you think he's going to have a, another power season like this and, and run, go for it. The running I do wonder about because those, you know, roughly you know, eight to 10 bags, maybe got as high as 12 ones. You kind of like those and you want those from, you know, to complement the rest of this exciting skill set. But after he was traded to San Diego, he did not attempt a stolen base. All eight of his attempts came when he was still with Washington. That's Soto, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Judge, yeah. yeah, yeah. Judge had like sixteen or so. Yeah, um, yeah, no, Judge. But I think with Soto, if you're taking him in the early first, you want some bags, and he, maybe those are uh, not so locked in anymore. He he got a lot of double steals at Trey Turner, and I know these things aren't predictable, but and then stolen bases are kind of a mindset. You know, I mean, I've got five or six, but, you know, so what four of them came from a double steal? It's still kind of a, a mindset sort of thing. So, yeah, absolutely. But because um, I know you're just dying to know who you who we would have taken it for had Turner gone. We were actually looking at Julio Rodriguez, mm. um, which that's not a surprise that Derek was looking at Julio Rodriguez. Maybe a surprise that I was, though, but I don't know. I mean, this guy is just insane. I mean, he's an, it's, I, you know, I'm, we're not going to win podcast of the year by me saying he's a future number one pick, right? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a future number one pick. He's a number one pick right now because we already got drafts starting up. But uh, yeah, he's an amazing player. I think Jeff Zimmerman pointed out on Twitter that the running has waned a little bit with him too. Yeah, but I don't know. These things are going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't All want to right. put too much stock into that, but it, you know, it's you know, it's a long season and guys wear down. Right, you're going to run at the, you know. All right, so you're, you're telling me he steals 25 through August and then only five afterwards? I'll take the 30, you know. But no, I, <laughs> and if it means he's a little more um, balances himself or what, uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, paces himself, I think, is the word I'm looking for. Words mean things. Um, yeah. So uh, again, you can see the the first six rounds of this draft on the NFBC forums. We're actually moved on to the NFC board, uh, NFC draft room. They got it set up for us. So I don't oh, think it's yeah. officially open yet. Maybe it is. I think they are having, they are having signups, but yeah. So I'm not going to have my stuff ready. I usually beat, beat Greg and Tom and Derek by a week or so. I'm not, I don't have my projections ready yet. Sorry folks, but um, I'm shooting for November 1st, but yeah, we are in the, uh, in the draft room. Yeah. 21, successful stolen bases for Julio in the first half, only four after the all-star break, uh, six attempts after the all-star break, 26 before the all-star break. I'm not putting too much stock into that, as we said, but I do think he was running a little more than people expected initially. Oh yeah. Like this is a big boy, six, three, two, 28. So just maybe you do dial those expectations back a little bit, even if maybe the late season, Dip and running, you know, isn't necessarily predictive. I don't want to turn this into a analyze Zola's draft and DVR's draft, but Mike Trout in the third. You uh, are you a Trout in the third kind of guy? I saw that and I couldn't believe it, honestly. A good forty good, homers. Oh, for the good then, for the on the good. Yeah, side. for okay, the good. Okay. I couldn't believe he lasted that long. Yeah, I was going to um, get to it eventually. But how are you guys doing? You know, jumping jacks. Um, uh, maybe the name of the team is the athletic and the non-athletic. So maybe ha- half of the team right now is moving his moving into a new place. So mm-hmm. he's being athletic right now. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, with Trout, it was one of those, um, it was one of those things. He keeps falling. Should we, should we like, like pay attention or nah, he's going to go. Nah, he's going to go. But uh, there was a little bit – the pitching waited. The, 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 all right, Shohei Otani, I'm considering him a batter. So there wasn't a pitcher taken until the second round. Then they went bang, 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 bang. So that helped push Trout down. But 40 homers in 120 games, I'll take that. Because with Trout, it's very rare that he's like 
in and out. He's either out, right, or playing. Oh, so no. you you get a replacement. Well, Trout wasn't even going in the third coming into the year, and I'm just surprised that after the power output and the yeah. fact that he was able to stay on the field for the most part, that he's fallen further than he was going coming into this year. That just – I guess the, the missed time just – you know, there has been a ton of missed time over the years, but third round for one of the great players of all time. <laughs> we'll take it. I love that. Well, we'll get into more of your picks, including the uh, pick that was right between um, Turner and Trout. But real quick, a word from our sponsor over at So Rare. So Rare MLB is an NFT-based, free-to-play baseball game played with officially licensed Major League Baseball cards. Sign up today at SoRare.com slash MLB, and you'll receive 13 common cards to start your collection. Build seven-player lineups from cards in your collection and play weekly competitions with scoring based on real-life player performance. Compete for rewards with other fans around the world. For more information on gameplay and to sign up, visit SoRare.com slash MLB. There's no better time to join SoRare than ahead of our postseason gameplay so todd who did you uh sandwich in between trey turner and uh mike trout sugar shane um we you know we we debate pitching when are we going to go for it and we decided what i mean woodruff went two picks before us um those if the one of those two were available we were going pitching otherwise we were going to take a bat um there were there he was mcclanahan and he pitched well today, ended up on the short end of the of the ball game with uh, Jose Ramirez going long and, and Cleveland taking that one, two to one. I tweeted this out. It's kind of I don't think ironic is the word, but I just had a chuckle where MLB is clearly hoping for shorter, crisper, more balls in play type games with the rule changes. In the, the main playoff series that would exhibit that, they bury it noon on Friday. But anyway, uh, noon ET on Friday. Nine in the morning on the West Coast. Talk about yeah, burying. So, you know, this you know they want to showcase what they want baseball to be. Yeah, let's put it on nine in the morning on the West Coast. Anyway, um, yeah, so we like McClanahan as, as, as a uh, – Derek and I, we, we you know, this is the first year we've won the league, but – we usually have good pitching. We're, we're able to build pitching. So, um, you know, we did we did jump in. I mean, we waited. We got Devin Williams. Uh, we should mention that we didn't – we won this league with five saves. Uh, we got one point. It wasn't by design. Uh, it just – that's the way it worked out. Um, I don't – neither of us wanted to go through that again. So we did get Devin Williams six. But we didn't take another starter to Luis Severino in the ninth. And he's kind of a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, we we just took David Bednar in the 10th. Um, we have an idea of a air quote safe starter if he makes it to us in the 11th. But um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going our normal way of kind of building what we like, you know, our strength. And that is waiting a little bit on pitching last year. We won. We happen to put the bats together other years. We haven't. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. I think that's a really important point that you guys won that league with, you know, one in the saves category. Oh, it, we, I mean, the, during the draft, we, you know, we thinking of our proverbial cue. And, it, you know, we had a closer, but he always would go right before. And we just would never be, keep in mind last year what the scenario was. It was just, there was like four guys that were safe. I mean, it was just wacko. So we kept thinking we'd be able to build saves, build saves. And we drafted, I don't know, Tyler Wells. And we drafted William. We drafted Williams. Uh, so we, you know, remember you know, last year, Wells was a potential closer. We drafted three or four potential closers. None of them closed. Uh, we drafted Joanne Durant, Joanne Durant during the season. We used him a lot, but to just because we didn't have another starter, but he didn't get saves. So it just, it, and then around, I don't know, June or July, I'm talking like this is the TGFBI win. It's a freaky little satellite league win, but it, it does kind of speak to how you have to approach leagues. June or July, we just figure, you know what, we're not gonna we're not gonna get any points and saves. So let's just make sure we get as much as we can elsewhere. And the key there, as you know, is how do you you know you got to keep up with the strikeouts and the wins and not burn your ratios. It takes good streaming, a little bit of luck, and you know some some good starting pitching drafted. 
Yeah, tip of the cap, and yeah, I uh, I just think it's fascinating that there's no one way to tackle this thing. It's yeah. I personally don't like punning categories or doing anything too unconventional, but there are a lot of different ways to. Uh, yeah, what, was not by the, design. Was not by design. What's that <laughs> saying? There's a lot of different ways to slice the skin a cat. Yeah. Skin a cat. Yeah. Slice yeah. the onion. Whatever. Slice yeah. the onion. Okay. Because I saw Doug Dennis. Didn't he win like labor? Or he won AL like, Tout Wars. AL Tout Wars. We we do not have an innings minimum. It's five by five, hmm. and we do not have an innings minimum. And, and he, he had won, a one in like K's and wins, right? Right, but he crushed saves, well, ERA, and whip. Now yeah, two categories where you have ones though, and then win is pretty. Amazing. Yeah. Now, I mean, if no one else tries this idea, that's when you want to do it because you can get what you need. If 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 other people catch on, I don't want to say catch on, but decide to do the same thing, you're bat. You know the closers go faster. You're battling for the hitters sooner, and it's not as effective. Uh, Doug has done this before, back when Steve Moyer was with us. Yeah, and the two of them would fight. You know, you know literally, you know, figuratively, literally. Well, not literally, but you know, you know. <laughs> Well, actually, well, I mean, they would argue. <laughs> yeah. never, never Verbal come, fighting. Never come to blows, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, point being, uh, the fewer people that try this, the better chance you have of taking care of it. Now, Tout Wars is a standalone league. Um, if the NFPC or anything where there's money on the line, this strategy can get you in the money. It, it's really, really hard to win. But the NFPC has, I mean, they learned early. Because a couple of years, people, well, I mean, third place money in a $5,000 entry fee league is pretty good. So they learned early that they needed to have a minimum of innings just, you know, just to make you earn, air quote, earn your win, uh, if you will. So, but Tout Wars, we decided a couple of years ago in a standalone, one, you know, single solo league, if you want to go that route, why not? I love it because I have over the years playing the NFBC so much kind of gotten in that mindset. But yeah, if you're in a standalone league, no like overall prize they have to chase. You can tackle this thing in a whole lot of different ways. It's just nobody has this completely figured out and it's a moving target at all times. So it's um, just a good fun reminder that you don't necessarily have to take the strategy everybody else is taking. And it might actually benefit you to deviate from that. Uh, Standard. Oh, we had, I don't know if you've seen this week's um, tote table yet. Uh, the question is, what are you doing to prepare for the offseason? And at least at least two, uh, Brad Johnson and a couple others, they said, right now, nothing. I want to know what everybody else is going to do or say they're going to do. And then I'm going to figure out how to beat that. So well, that's kind of cool. That's smart. Yeah, that's I smart. You, like play that. the, yeah. you play the player, the fantasy players. And I don't know that I would. I mean, I still want to figure out what I want to do, um, but yes, it's going to, you know, there, there's a certain element of, you know, what the market's going to do. Uh, Cause I'm, I mean, I'm going to do some studies over the summer, over the winter, over the summer, over the winter. Um, I've never lost a draft. Okay. I've won every single draft I've ever been in. Same. I haven't, I haven't won that many leagues. So I got to, what is it that, you know, am I, am I misevaluating players? Am I, um, uh, not I, I know what I know. I'm not working as hard. We talked a little about Michael a minute ago. I know I'm not working as hard in season. I'll I'll cop to that right now. Um, but I want to, you know, it might it might just be my evaluation is good, but I'm just not taking the players. You know, and Ariel Cohen does this. We talked. We mentioned Jeff Zimmerman before. They kind of figure out where where the pockets of of players, you know, similar players are. You know, where what what level? You know, the sixth to eighth round. Pitchers usually bust. Don't take, you know, so it's everything's year to year. But if the same thing happens year after year after year, you got to figure you know, maybe, maybe you don't want to go that route. So I'm going to, that's one of the things I'm going to do for the site over the, over the off season is try to, I know, like I said, Ariel does it. A few other people do it, but I'm going to you know, do, do it my way and see if, uh, see what I can come up with to, to become a better drafter. I think I don't want to tear it down completely like Michael suggested he did, but I do kind of want to, refocus and maybe recalibrate and change some things with my strategy a lot of here's weird again from the tout table a lot of people are saying that and i think it has more to do with 
MLB, that, well, MLB is changing. So a lot of what we do, where I mean, it's based on a certain expectation of home runs and stats and pitching and strikeouts, and that landscape is changing. So I think it's not so much break down what we do, but I think it's as much apply what we do to the current landscape. You know what I mean? Yeah, the landscape has been changing every year in recent years. You and know, the ball and yeah, and the, the problem the and the problem I say to myself is you know pinching myself is we kind of don't know where we're going. Right. Um, we don't know what the game's going to look like in ten years. Yeah, we don't know what it's going to look like next year. We no. don't know what the, the ball and are people going to run more. Um, you know, the, the time, the, the pitch clock is what's you know. So we're we're anticipating, you know, a certain landscape. All of our rankings and air quote values and earnings, they're I mean, part of they're all based on how we think the season's going to go. And rel, you know, pitching relative to hitting, if if you know this past season ERA was lower than we expected. All right. So, I mean, within the pitching inventory, they said they're ranked the same, you know, because everybody's higher, everybody's lower. But, you know, relative to if, if we knew that, you know, pitching would be better and, bat, and, and, and counting stats would be down, we probably would have favored hitters over pitchers at certain points. Mm-hmm. So it, it has, it's not so much that, you know, you know, Nola's better than, Gilbert or whatever, whatever, you know, it's not so much of that. It's, you know, do I take a pitcher or a hitter in round four? And we're expecting the statistical landscape to drive that answer. But if we have that all wrong, then we, we may have, you know, drafted right at the time, but it turned out was wrong because we didn't realize how the landscape was going to end up home runs. They know ne- they didn't follow the normal pace. You know, we know in April, four weeks, three weeks in April, you can graph how home runs are going to go. You couldn't do that this year. Hmm. You know, I think it did seem like offense generally stayed down. Is that how that finished up compared to? Yeah. It, a, a couple year? times, a couple times it teased jumping up, but then it settled back down again. So hmm. at one point we're saying, you know what? Batters are adjusting. They're striking out fewer times and putting the ball in play. Next time I ran the numbers, no, oh, that was just a blip. Um, so we streaming the, pitching became vi- more viable again. Yeah, but there there are fewer there were fewer available because not streamers became good pitchers. Mm-hmm. You know, a I lot mean, of found money on that side. Yeah, and and people that you that normally you would drop, you didn't drop because you could continue to use them. So yeah, I mean, one of the things I did in the site this year was add in the uh, NFBC roster ship levels when i did the pitching rankings to get a feel where do they fall in the rankings relative to um a reliever instead and who would be who was who was available in a 12 and 15 team league and i know you know home leagues are completely different but just to get a feel and there were one or two a week but you know you get 15 people trying to get that one guy uh supply and demand it's 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 doesn't work out and uh, just because because there are more double headers doesn't really mean there's more starts because as we saw teams are calling up the 29th or 27th depending on what part of the year it was pitcher to be the the double header guy so I mean I think there were, there were fewer chances to be a two start guy this year um, we talked about it all the time in this podcast sometimes we'd mention it if it was relevant during the actual two start rankings. Um, there's not a lot of two starters. Pick up this guy who only has one start, but man, it's a gem. It's a it's a juicy matchup sort of thing. So, um, hopefully, anyway, people. But yeah, again, we're 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 calibrating against a moving target. Exactly. So, hey, good, good luck. <laughs> it's a impossible question to to fully figure out. You can never really wrap your hands around it because then it'll slip right through your fingers again. But. Uh, yeah, I think that's because with the offense up past few years, streaming became really uh, iffy. You were playing with fire, but then there were yeah quite a bit of uh, viable streamers this year. Yeah, well, nineteen I, the ball in nineteen, woo. Then in twenty, yeah, the short was... the short season. So we're only really talking about twenty one. You know, um, so it, it, that followed the regular pattern. But what happened last year? The spin thing and the 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 the, the sticky stuff thing. 
So mm-hmm. that kind of threw a, you know, it's not, it, we, I kind of alluded, well, if everybody goes up or everybody goes down, well, it wasn't linear last year. Teachers that did better, worse. I mean, it turned out this year, um, the, the, you know, Martin Perez, anybody who's, home run rate drastically improved they are the ones that benefited the most from this environment and we kept waiting for the shoot up the other shoe to fall on Perez but he just throws strikes and was keeping the ball in the yard he wasn't getting strikeouts but we expected that blow up and it just hardly ever came because he was keeping the ball in the yard so are there more homers next year um you know, if the homers stay at this level, and I don't know, is there a conspiracy? Does MLB want there to be? I think they want there to be some homers because Chicks did the long ball. He says, hoping not to get canceled. Point being, it's exciting, um, but I think they realize it was a little out of hand. So, will they land on what they like to think to be the right home run balance, and where does that put us? Well put. Before we wrap things up, I do want to get back to your draft with Derek real quick. You did grab Cedric Mullins in the fourth, and I just I love that pairing with him and Turner. You got a great foundation in bags, um, and that's with grabbing your ace and a and a guy who's pretty much non non speed at this point in Trout. So I think he did really well to tackle stolen bases, even with uh, you know only two guys in that top four. Yeah, thanks. I mean, and and we got you know your your, your guy Wander Franco. And you know we want to you know we were, we thought we were kind of safe. Um, let's let you know let's let our hand down hair down a bit. Franco is eventually going to be you know better than a seventh round pick. Is oh, yeah. it, it two thousand and twenty three? Um, I'm trying to remember who it was that we had you know kind of on the same uh, par. I mean I think we were looking at Bogarts and Willie Adams who both went later. And I mean I think what we said Bogarts was the the safe pick but we already had Turner uh Adamas is probably the uh you know best counting stat combination and we kind of had some average protection but I mean Franco just had the upside mm-hmm. and if we were going to double up on shortstops as we did um we, we that you know we talked to we talked to Michael Patrick Michael Patrick, well, his middle name Michael Richards the um, TGFBI champion, he agrees with us. You don't need to take shots. I think that you don't need you don't need to take shots throughout the draft. I think uh, selectively knowing when to let the proverbial hair down, what I have left, is 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 a, is is viable. You can take yeah. a few shots. Yeah, you don't uh, have not every pick has to be old and born. Yeah, well, two picks later, Jose Abreu in the ninth. You know, I had a Brayu in a couple leagues, and that second half was just rough from a power standpoint. Yeah, did not hit the ball over the fence much. He hit the ball, but he hit it on the green. Mm. Well, not golf. I mean, he, he his 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 launch angle was a little bit down. Is that a new profile, or is you know he continued to hit the ball hard? I mean, he hit if not three hundred, close to over three hundred. Kind of like Bogarts. I mean, this, they were both very similar. So, is if this, I don't think it's a new hitter. I mean, so we're just hoping he gets the launch angle back. I mean, if this, if I was flying solo, I mean, I would have been thinking of him as early as the fifth round. That's just because that's the way I am. So, the, the fact that I was able to bite my tongue until the ninth with a Brayu, um, it's one of the reasons I draft with Derek is because he, you know, we, we have that good yin and yang going. Um, but aren't we – I know he plays first as opposed to uh, Nelson Cruz who's an outfielder. Are we getting close to I'd rather be one year too early than late drafting Abreu? I think so, and I don't think it's that time yet. I think he's got but a lot I, of good baseball left. I think, I think it's a viable approach, but I think we're going to get burned for another couple, couple years. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean – I get that we just saw with Nelson Cruz, he wanted to get out ahead of this year, but Abreu, I, even with that dip, I, I still think the skills are mostly intact for him to be really solid. We didn't so. have a first baseman. Hmm. Um, the team is going to get better because it can't get worse. So, I mean, I maybe I, I hope that wasn't a concession by Derek 
because he knows that I like him. Um, you know, because he, he pushed for Severino in the pick before, and I, I, I don't want to say relented because I didn't realize how kind of how good he's pitched since he came back. That's again why I do these sort of things. It forced me to look at Severino and say, wait a minute. Um, I, I maybe I shouldn't be as concerned about the injury. He's got 100 by the end of the playoffs, 120 or so innings under the belt. Um, maybe I shouldn't, you know, just look at the name and move on like I sometimes do. In the fifth, you took uh, Will Smith, and I love that pick. Uh, Will Smith of the Dodgers, of course. And if I can get him in the fifth in drafts, I'm going to be all over it this year. Now, he wasn't. <coughs> He didn't go 2020 like uh, Real Muto did. He, he's one of the best catchers, both in fantasy and real life. Will Smith. I am kind of wondering where did Real Muto go? If you remember, was it, is he a second round guy again now? No, um, it was the third round, uh, the second half of the third round. 20, uh, 22, 21. Pretty but good year for it. Was basically, I think a lot of well. I guess I mean if pitching went earlier, things just would have shuffled up. But yeah, no, I, yeah. So that's 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 what they went. I mean, Varsho went before Smith. Smith was one of those. Um, again, this is kind of an you know part of being uh, working with a with a partner. It's I, I forget who it was that we had in mind at that point, but it was kind of like let's do one last check before you know we let's not miss anybody. And it was like, I don't remember which of us said Smith first. I think it was Derek. But as soon as he said it, it's like, yes. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, we, we, we came close to kind of not going that route. But I'm glad that we took the beat to make sure that we didn't miss anybody. And you, you need we weren't using the NFBC draft room at the time. Uh, you know, so it's easy without, you know, we, we had lists and et cetera. But it's easy to miss players early in the year before they show up on an ADP, and you know you can't miss them because they're staring at you, staring you in the face. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I love that pick, and uh, I, you know, he and I finished second in the FSGA Champions League, and that was kind of a oh. tough one. But uh, Will Smith was maybe the MVP of my team. Like he just, I had guys who were out, like Harper and. Mm-hmm. Jorge Polanco and Will Smith was just that steady presence on my team more so than pretty much anybody else. So uh, I'm indebted to Will Smith. I'll be going back to that. Well, guy hits cleanup on one of the best offenses in the league in the world. No reason to think he's going to change. And with the DH, no, it, it, it's great. I mean, even with an improving catcher pool, I, you know, this is kind of my, I used to be the catcher early. I mean, I kind of got away from that. So I had no issue when Derek said Will Smith. Yeah, I like that a lot. Any other thoughts on what you guys are doing or how the draft has gone so far? It's, uh, and you know, it's, okay, someone wrote, wow, you got a great start. You know what? 15 teams, the season barely is over. Everybody's team looks great. You know, <laughs> even more so than normal. So I appreciate the, you know, I mean, but uh, it's fun. Um, I this is the only league I do with a partner. Um, I have partnered with uh, Lara Michaels in the past, um, and I do it as much to, as I kind of alluded to a couple of times, open my eyes to a few pathways which I would not have done. So even if you kind of I don't want a partner, I you know do an early draft, do an early draft championship with a partner. Uh, just to just to get to these conversations, I think it's I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, Derek and I have a blast with this draft. Um, you know, we, like I said, we got lucky and we won it this past year. But um, I, you know, draft drafting with a partner. You you've drafted with you've you've had a couple of leagues where you've had a partner, especially mm-hmm. in the main event. Yep, James and I partnered up and uh, used to partner with my buddy Hans on some leagues. Yeah, so I mean, it's yeah. got its advantages and disadvantages. Um, yeah, I'm kind of a. I mean, I like obviously I love James and teaming up with him <laughs> is fun, but I am kind of a control freak as far yeah. as my team goes. You know, if I am I'm in it in that grind, I want complete control. So I'm kind of well, maybe I need to, learn to give that up a little. Bit. Well, that's doing early draft, um, an early DC, whatever, maybe, and that just just that's you know that you know so. 
it's it's easier to give up control on October sixth than it is on March twenty sixth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Especially after you've done all the research yourself, you've been yeah. hunkered down, hibernating, reading uh, all kinds of stuff, the forecaster and rotowire and everything else. So yeah, maybe maybe I do need to expand my horizons a little bit and uh, get back to co-managing with somebody. It is kind of like you you do got to kind of you know it's you got to talk on the phone every weekend for Fab. Maybe you don't have to talk on the phone, but there's just a lot of uh, work you got to do together to grind it out. Yeah, now I should you know that I'm glad you kind of alluded to that. I'll be honest, and I told them DVR kind of carried the in-season management. So I kind of owe a tip of the cap, setting up the fab. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, check can you check it out? Did I miss anybody? So D- Derek did the heavy lifting in season. Um, so I do appreciate that effort from DVR publicly. Thank him. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Um, as far as all that goes, um, there is a lot of, uh, you know, that's maybe, maybe that's why you do a DC. So all you're talking about is uh, lineups and yeah, not you, pick, pl- you plug the team into the the rotowire my leagues function and it tells you who to start, right? I need you know what that's, that is number one on my list of things to do next year, uh, changes to make. I um, I, I don't know my I, leagues. You, yeah, I I mean it's there. I I you know right for the site, you know, and I you know I, like two weeks. Within with, to the end of the season, like hey, I should do this my leagues thing. If it just it just it, it, I mean it gets it get you you probably land in the same point, but it gets you there a whole heck of a lot faster. Yeah, if you don't know what Todd's talking about, he's talking about the my leagues feature at RotoWire. You can easely import your league from a yeah. variety of different sites: Yahoo, CBS, CSPN, and then it's all right there, so you can manage essentially manage your team from that. From RotoWire, obviously, you'll need to make your moves on your own commission service, but it really does help a lot. So I recommend checking that out. And, I mean, it tell based upon the RotoWire rankings, it tells you the best available player, the best available lineup. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't agree; you don't have to agree with everything what we say, but it you know at least it, it, it points you in the right direction. Totally. Um, you know, especially on the DCs with his fifty players, um, if it, 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 it gives you a a, 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 a place to start to do research so um of course since i have a lot to do with where the players are ranked once the season begins it is kind of using my own you know sharing with jeff you know we kind of on the same page uh so you know i have i do have that advantage of yeah i kind of am involved with that guy being ranked there so i agree with it someone else of course you you know your team your call well, it's been a great season, Todd, and I want to thank Michael Richards for coming on the show again. Yeah. This is going to wrap up the five-day-a-week podcast schedule. Yeah. Kind of a, you know, kind of a bitter, bitter end. Not bitter, but uh, bittersweet is what I'm going for, because it's uh, we won't be talking every Friday, but I look forward to seeing you at first pitch, and uh, I'm sure we'll be communicating uh, plenty, just not every Friday on the pod. There we go. And, and James is going to continue. I think he's taking a little bit of a break, yeah, maybe. A little vacation. Then he's going to uh, pick up on his kind of doing what Jeff does, you know, the having industry folk on. Uh, Once a week, yep. Yeah, I kind think of picking in, up that mantle. Yeah, starting in late October will be yeah. James once a week. Yeah, so, you know, we're all taking a bit of a break. But you can continue to find us on Twitter. And, I mean, I just got my first – list of profiles or outlooks from james we are already starting friends mm. on 2000 i know jeff has been in meetings for projections etc the site is already rolling for 2023 yeah i already got my first batch of outlooks to look on or to work on too so uh, no rest for the wicked i guess but no it's uh it's a 365 day a year thing now fantasy baseball i love that it's evolved to this point the diehards in fantasy baseball are about as committed and into it as uh, any fantasy sport. Anything else on your mind today, Todd? Uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, check out the podcast that Michael did with Justin Mason yesterday. He went into a little bit more detail about the team, uh, about his uh, mindset and things like that. But I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, Clay. And thank, you know, we can thank our, the guests we've had over the course of the season and, uh, 
Get some plans for the offseason. Don't go away. There, there will be baseball content. Um, doing some playoff rankings. And we'll be back, like I said, with some team analysis and some other stuff. So it's uh it's good it's goodbye, but it's not so long or whatever the heck that thing is. <laughs> yeah. Not forever, but it's in this but we, for now. And we really looking at a normal off season with like winter meetings and trades and signings and and, and nothing weird. I assume something will come up. <laughs> Gee, um, thanks. <laughs> but we'll have to wait and see. But uh, all right, great talking with you, Todd. Thank you all for being with us, and thanks to our sponsor, So Rare. Yeah, we will be back uh, on the podcast, and uh, James will be back soon. And we'll be back five days a week next season. Thank you, and appreciate you listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by So Rare. <laughs>